Maybe Mr. MacArthur's life had just been getting worse and worse since he left high school. Maybe he really was jealous. And if not, then what the hell point had he been trying to make in class? Baby, stop worrying about it. Stacy gave him a dry kiss on the cheek. If I got all bent out of shape whenever someone didn't like me, I'd be like... She thought for a few seconds, then shrugged. I don't know, seriously bent out of shape. Yeah, you're right. Of course I am, and I'm also starving, come on. It was Chicken Fingers Day in the lunchroom, traditionally a day of joy, because the Hamilton Chicken Fingers were mad good. Peter loaded up his tray with two paper boats full of them. A lemon-lime Gatorade, a chocolate pudding, an apple, a granola bar, and a finger bowl's worth of wilted green lettuce and shredded carrot. He crossed the lunchroom, catching sight of his little sister's newly dyed hair. The sink in their shared bathroom still looked like a leprechaun had thrown up and then died in it. She was eating lunch with her freak boyfriend over at the freak table. In his mind's eye, Peter could still see a younger version of her sitting next to him on the living room couch, playing with her Legos back before she transformed into something feminine and unfathomable. Dude, you okay? Peter looked up into the waving hand of his best friend, Cartier Stoffler. I've already eaten like three of your chicken fingers. Yeah, sorry, I'm having a weird day. Something a teacher said. Were you in trouble? Not like that. It's hard to explain. Here's my trick with teachers, right? Don't ever listen to them in the first place. Brilliant. It's got me this far, he said, then popped a whole chicken finger into his mouth. Peter laughed as convincingly as he could. Cartier was generally pretty good at cheering him up, but it was no use today. Mr. MacArthur's question had created a black hole that sucked in everything good around it. Or more like it made everything around it suck. Like it sucked that high school was almost over. And it really sucked that Cartier had applied to WSU to study beer brewing instead of trying to go to college somewhere in California. They'd been friends since the first day of high school, so inseparable that Coach Dougie named them Cookies and Cream. Cartier, though black, insisted that he had to be the cream on account of his smoothness. They'd shared their first bottle of beer, their first blunt, their answers to homework questions, and even, for a few weeks in tenth grade, Amy Preston, who managed to convince them it was perfectly normal for a girl to have two boyfriends at the same time. And sure, there'd still be the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas and the long, long weekend of summer, but it wouldn't be the same. Already they'd stopped hanging out as much as they used to. The most painful part of it wasn't that they wouldn't be friends, but that they wouldn't even care that they weren't friends. And if he and Cartier couldn't manage to stay tight, then who was to say that he and Stacy wouldn't break up too? Peter would be off playing away games every weekend, and she'd be left on her own. Would she really stay faithful to him? Would he stay faithful to her? Would any part of the past four years matter at all four years from now? These black hole thoughts wouldn't leave him alone for the rest of lunch period. But then there was chemistry and pre-calc to get through, followed by two exhausting hours in the gym, mindlessly running lines and doing passing drills on instinct. So it wasn't until he found himself under the steaming beam of the locker room shower that he really had time to think again. And there was Mr. MacArthur's question. Would that be a Pyrrhic victory? Stuck in his head like one of those crappy pop songs that you only knew the chorus to. He'd stopped by the history department in Bliss Hall. If Mr. MacArthur had already left for the day then that would be the end of it. And if he hadn't, well, then at least Peter could get this dumb song to stop playing in his head. It was the last week of January, and in Seattle that meant traitorously short days. 
He'd step into the gymnasium in full daylight, and by the time he got out, the sun would be slipping behind the horizon so fast you'd think it was getting away with something. Peter left the locker room just after six, and all that was left of the day was that fugitive red glow on the horizon. He zipped up his North Face jacket and put his hands in the fleecy pockets. His mom had bought him leather gloves for Christmas, but he'd stopped wearing them after Stacy said they made him look like the kind of guy who offered to show children the lollipops he kept in his van. The only students left on campus were those who inhabited the extremes of the workplace spectrum. Overachievers laboring late at the library, and the skater slackers who didn't have anywhere better to go. You could hear the faraway click-snap-skittle of their skateboards, even from inside Bliss Hall. Peter knocked on Mr. MacArthur's door, half-hoping no one would answer. Come in. The office was so cramped that the door stuck on a footstool in the corner, and Peter had to squeeze through the gap. Mr. MacArthur was on his own.